Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts. We'll be reading from chapter 1, verses 6 through 14, and then chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has sent by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up in the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking in the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath's day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is God's word. Amen. Steve? Thank you. Thank you, Russ. And uh, thank you, band. You know that, that last song, you know, sometimes you feel like you're in a moment, don't you? Like this is just a, a moment of God's presence with us and for me, just hearing you sing was part of that. So, all right, um, before we get into the message, I want to tell you about something that uh, the church council and I decided on Thursday night. Uh, we decided that when the city of Omaha's mask mandate expires on Tuesday, so will Faith Westwoods. Yeah? You okay with that? That means, for example, that uh, next Sunday, masks will officially be optional, uh, especially for those of you who are vaccinated, and masks will be at least urged for those who have not been vaccinated, but nobody's going to check, okay? And we won't assume that if you are wearing a mask, that means you haven't been vaccinated. It may just mean that you really appreciate that extra layer of protection. Parents, we're going to let you decide whether your kids are going to wear a mask or not. And faith groups, it'll be up to you to decide how you want to handle that in your faith group, making masks optional or whatever. And if you are not ready, 
to be in an environment where masks are optional on Sunday morning, if you want everybody sitting in your area to be wearing a mask, we've got a place for that. So we're going to designate and reserve the West Balcony as a mask-required area for those that, that prefer that. So, you good with that? Okay. And uh, today is the 11th and final day of a special season of prayer. It's part of an annual movement that began five years ago in the UK. has now reached 80 denominations, 172 countries. It's called Thy Kingdom Come. And on this day and the 10 preceding days, many of us have been joining Christians all over the world in this time of prayer. We've been uh, praying, each of us, for five people we know who don't yet know Jesus or not walking in with him, praying that they would come to know him. And we've also been praying for ourselves, that the Holy Spirit would work within us so that we might be Jesus' witnesses. At Faith West, we've got a special way of talking about being a witness for Jesus, and that's called being a blessed friend. And during this season, we've been uh, focusing on the B of bless. Begin with prayer. Uh, the way that I wanted to do this over these 11 days is uh, to go on a 10-minute prayer walk. You know, if I, if I walk real leisurely down from my house down to the park, once around and back, it's, it's about 10 minutes. And, uh, you know, there were a few times I didn't do it, didn't do the walk. Yesterday was one of those. I think I was going to in the afternoon, and then I kind of spaced it off, and by then it was getting kind of late and afterwards, so I did, but I, I just prayed at home. Um, There's only one day that I for completely forgot, and that was the second day. I think it just wasn't a habit yet and uh, getting in the routine. But, you know, I like this 10-minute prayer walk kind of in the middle of the day so much that I I'm not ready to give it up. I want to I keep doing it as often as I possibly can. So anyway, let's pray now. Oh, God, thank you for placing this burden on our hearts for friends and family. Lord, we want them to uh, come to know you, Jesus, and to experience for themselves how deeply they are loved. Jesus, we love you, and we pray in your mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. Good news. Think about that. Good news means something good has happened, and it's worth talking about. Uh, we call the good news is another word to talk about the gospel. What is, what is this good news of the gospel? I want to share it with you as clearly, as succinctly as I can. The God who created us loves us and came in person to save us. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection have forever changed the world. You thought not wearing a mask is good news? That's nothing compared to this. Jesus launched a movement called the kingdom of God, bringing life and love to renew the earth. He delivered a decisive blow to the powers of evil and death. He is the cure for our addiction to sin. And one day, he will return and make all things new. That is some serious good news. And wherever this news is shared, and whenever it is shared, it comes with it the power to change hearts and lives. Even now, it is turning the world upside down. 
That is the good news of the gospel. Today I want to offer a simple prayer. It's also the heart of today's message, and we're going to come back to it a number of times during the message, and and, uh, here it is. Will you say it with me? Come, Holy Spirit, come. Set my heart on fire with the good news of the gospel. So whenever I come back to that and say that, you are free to say it with me out loud. It's up to you. My seminary professor, Dr. John Oswald, said something like this. Jesus didn't come just to forgive us and to clean house. He came to forgive us and clean house so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Set my heart on fire with the good news of the gospel. So I ask you, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Has the Holy Spirit begun to live within you? And I would say that for the vast majority of us, the answer is yes. Sometimes the Bible calls this initial filling the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Ten days later, the Holy Spirit comes and fills them all for the first time. So that was their baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this initial filling with the Spirit is usually what happens when people first put their faith in Christ. Right away, the the Holy Spirit comes to reside within them. Faith in Jesus goes right along with the outpouring of the Spirit. However, the book of Acts tells us about a couple of times when the baptism of the Spirit was delayed for a time. You know, it's not easy to really understand why that was the case. Maybe it was a matter of God's timing, you know, and God's purposes. Maybe there was a problem with with how ready these certain people were to receive the Spirit. I've I've had a few Holy Spirit uh, moments in my life. Uh, The first one, though, was the most important. It seemed that Jesus had been calling me to, to believe in him, to give my life to him, and at first I was thinking, I don't know, is this right? Is this real? Is this, is this it? And, but finally I said yes. I said, what, okay, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life, it's yours. Here it is. And then I prayed, make your home in me. All I can tell you is that I felt something. Could it have been an emotional release? Possibly. Could it have been a rush of adrenaline? Maybe. But I'm convinced something more also happened. I I wouldn't have been able to define it at the time, but, but now I realize that the Holy Spirit was coming into me. Obviously, not everybody experiences this the same way. For some, it might be a sense of calm or peace. For some, it's nearly not so much a feeling. It may be just a a profound shift in their identity that I belong to Jesus now. This is it. We need the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in every generation. So we keep praying, come Holy Spirit, come. Set my heart on fire 
with the good news of the gospel. Once you identify that you belong to Jesus, you can rest assured that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that presence of God that is residing within you. And then comes another question. Are you seeking to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit? Jesus talked to the woman at the well from Samaria, remember that, about the Holy Spirit, and he used this image of water to talk about it. He said, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life like it's a continual flowing and gushing. He was talking about the flow of the Spirit, this continual filling. Now, sometimes I believe that we clog that flow up, kind of like an ice jam on the river. The river's still there, but thing, something's happened that's keeping the flow from going as it should. Now, what, what could it be? It could be uh, a willful sin that we refuse to repent of. It could be pride. It says, I can handle it on my own. It could be an irritable attitude that's quick to take offense and slow to forgive. We've all been there, haven't we? And how do I know that if I am seeking to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, I think it's kind of this daily attitude and, and also part of our ongoing prayer life. Uh, do, I ask, uh, do I regularly ask the Spirit to reveal my sins to me so that I can repent? Do I ask the, the Spirit to guide my thoughts and my decisions? And do I ask the Holy Spirit to give me the right words to say when I need them? Today, as you, we've been hearing, is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost started out, though, is a Jewish festival, one of the big three biblical uh, festivals for Jews. And in the Old Testament, it's called the Feast of Weeks. And it's called that because you count seven weeks after Passover, uh, and the next day is the festival, Festival of Weeks. And, and it's when you uh, first bring in your, the first cuttings of your wheat harvest, because, of course, wheat harvest happens earlier here, there than it does here. Um, and, and you bring that, and you also are expressing your trust in God for the rest of your harvest to be bountiful. And in the New Testament, they call this festival Pentecost, which means 50th day. So seven weeks after Passover, seven times seven is 49 plus one, is the 50th day. Every year on the day of Pentecost, a lot of Jews are converging on Jerusalem, and there were 120 of Jesus' followers that were meeting together in a house. And uh, it's been 10 days since Jesus left them, uh, he sent it into heaven, and ever since then, they've been getting together. They've been gathering and, and praying and waiting for the Spirit to come, and they've been remembering what Jesus said. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. So they've been sitting tight, waiting and praying Maybe a little anxious. What is it going to be like when the Spirit comes upon us? So now let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
And then everything starts going crazy. First, they hear this powerful sound. Verse 2, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house. Sounds like a tornado to me. I mean, it wasn't, but that kind of sound. It doesn't say that there was any wind in the house, just the sound of it. And I imagine them looking up going, what, what is going on? Then not only do they hear something, they also see something. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now, a tongue of fire is an individual flame. N.T. Wright notes, the wind and the fire are wild, untamable forces. Make some great images for the Holy Spirit. Powerful, somewhat unpredictable. Verse 4 begins, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I wonder what it was like for them. What did they feel? I'm sure they felt something. And, I'm, and I would imagine that part of what they felt was this great love of God, that, that, that they were loved by God. The Apostle Paul said, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. They also, believe, they also received a boost of boldness. That is, they received a desire to tell people this great news that would change their lives. And without that boost of boldness from the Spirit, you and I will not share the good news. I believe that. Without that desire from the Holy Spirit, we will not be blessed friends. Or if we try, we will give up very quickly. It will not happen on our own, on our own power. So we keep praying. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Set my heart on fire with the good news of the gospel. Lord, let me be a witness to what Jesus has done. So now I want us to go back to verse 4 and read the entire verse. Read it to the end. It says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. At that moment... They spoke in, the miracle was, they spoke in languages they had not learned and did not understand. It probably just sounded like gibberish to them. Um, I want you to know, though, that it's not just Pentecostals who, be, who believe in and speak in tongues. There are people in just about every congregation, and I know in just about every denomination, who have this gift. A few of you here at Faith Westwood speak and pray in tongues at times. Sometimes when this gift is first received, it occurs spontaneously. Other people um, ask God for it. I know I have, I have one friend of mine who uh, asked God kind of off and on for a, many, many years if, he, if God would give him this gift. And finally, decades later, he was able to receive this gift and, and so that the speaking and praying in tongues is a part of his, his life with God. Um, when you read beyond verse 4, you find that uh, you find the only time in the Bible where the languages spoken in tongues were understood by people from other places as their home languages. 
It's a fascinating story. Beyond, beyond the gift of tongues, though, there's a bigger message here. And that is that the Holy Spirit is at work in us when we share the good news. The Holy Spirit is at work within us as we share the good news. And if I am not seeking to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I got to tell you, I'm not going to have the courage. I'm probably going to be just content to go with my, my little life that I have mapped out for myself, sometimes busy, sometimes not, but I'm just going to kind of stay on my own track. Um, I won't be able to get past my discomfort of talking about it. I'm not going to be able to get past my fear of bringing it up. I'm not going to be able to get past my own selfishness to be a blessed friend. But I also know this, that the, the news is too good to let it grow stale in my heart. Isn't that right? The news is too good to let it grow stale in my heart. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Set my heart on fire with the good news of the gospel. Of all the times in the Bible when the Holy Spirit filled people, only on this occasion did they hear the sound of the wind and see the tongues of fire. Today, we don't expect to hear anything, but the Spirit is blowing among us. Today, we may not see anything, but the flame of the Spirit rests upon each of us. Jesus wanted us to know how eager the Father is to give us the Spirit. He said, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, we now ask that you would fill us with the Holy Spirit. Let the Spirit flow freely in our lives. Holy Spirit, refresh us with your presence. Anoint us with your power. Pour out your gifts upon your people. Jesus, you came to seek and to save the lost. So, Lord, give us that same burden that you had, that same longing for everyone to come to know you as their forgiver, master, and friend. And I want to ask you to, to pray with me one more time this simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Set my heart on fire with the good news of the gospel. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, our friends here if they would uh, bring these displays up, and you'll notice that there are some pieces of paper in that pew rack in front of you. Some of them yellow, some of them kind of goldenrod like this, some of them red. And uh, so they represent the colors of fire, all right? And uh, what I would ask you to do 
as part of your prayer is to, uh, is to, pray, is to write down the names of those people you've been praying for this, this last week. And if you haven't been doing it, that's okay too. Maybe there's somebody you think of right now. Then you just want to pray for them. Write their name down. That people that you know who don't yet know Christ and that they would. And uh, maybe if you want to write a brief sentence of prayer, you could do that too. Maybe one of the names that you write down will be your own. And then... Um, I'm going to give you a minute of silence to write those down and to consider that and to begin your prayer. And then when you've done that, you can roll it up and stick it in the, come forward during this last song and stick it in the display. I find it's kind of better to roll it up a little bit tightly like the diameter of a dime or so and then stick it in and let it expand to hold there. Let's let's take a minute now and, and pray in silence. Now I want you to let's stand and sing, pour out our hearts to God as we sing.